Welcome to the Wildly Tarot Podcast. Hi, Esther. Hi, Holly. How's this full moon treating you? <laughs> it's the worst. <laughs> it's been am. a really long time since we ranted about the moon. I feel I feel like we like together collectively rant to each other about the full moon every month. Yeah. Because we both hate the full moon. I don't hate the full moon. I just feel like the full moon hates me. I full on <laughs> just like just bunker down when the full moon comes and yeah. just pray for the new moon. Like, that's all I ever hoped for. It's just a lot this time, huh? This is so wild. And I posted a new moon minute for our Patreon supporters, but the gist of it is that it's not just the moon. It's also Venus and Mars being opposite the moon. And that's why we're, like, feeling so much more conflict. Yes. (laughs) And And just overly, just, like, emotional at any drop of of milk. Like Which you hate. We yes. know that you oh, I hate, hate that. Oh, I, I hate freaking it. love crying, but when it's full moon related, like anxiety tears, it's a little <laughs> bit less cathartic than just when you allow yourself to weep because you oh, need yeah. to weep. Yeah. No, I full on just hate any sort of motivational behind crying. It's just awful. <laughs> the worst. But if we had not already previously discussed this, another thing that would feel very Mars and Venus opposite the moon would be the fact that you're not even going to be here next week. I know. It's going to be so weird. I hope that it's going to be weird and that I'm actually missed and that people aren't going to outcry saying like, oh, we totally don't miss Esther. Yeah. So Esther is going to be teaching English to children on an island in the middle of the Pacific Ocean, and by the middle, I mean, like, 30 minutes off the coast. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like every time I go to an island, I feel like it's going to be, like, Gilligan's Island, like, 2019. Like, yeah. Like, no, no, like, the last time I went to an island, there was no phone. Like, I, my, I had no signal whatsoever. Oh, my gosh. I was sleeping on the floor. Which like, you will be again. Korean style. So, I'm just... Up for anything at this point. So, yes, next week we have a special guest coming to be with Holly. And it's our friend Kylie. I'm so excited for you all to meet her. I'm super excited to have her on the podcast. She, we've mentioned her before a couple of times. Um, We're going to be talking about using tarot to work through grief because she uh, lost her fiance earlier this year to cancer. And so we're going to be talking about using tarot to work through grief, which actually corresponds really well with the book that we're talking about today. So we're going to, I'm going to send her some of the spreads from this. We'll talk about using tarot to help with grief. um, And then we'll review a deck that both of us have. Have, and the whole entire time we'll be really, really, really bad at it because we'll miss Esther so much. <laughs> well, I will just edit it to make you all sound good. So <laughs> there you <welcome>. go. <laughs> <laughs> our queen, Esther, yeah. our queen, making us all sound like comprehensive people. <laughs> <laughs> but Kylie has an amazing sense of humor. So I can't wait for you all to meet her and experience yes. that. Yeah, totally. I think it'll end up being kind of about humor and tarot helping with grief. Yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> So anyway, we'll miss you a lot, but it'll just be one week. Yeah, just be one week. I'll be back. Yeah. And since we had discussed this before this full moon cycle started, <laughs> feeling not like this is going to be a big deal at all. It's totally no, it's easy not. and fine. It's totally natural. <laughs> totally fine. But yes, if you're otherwise feeling like you're on the verge of tears, you're not alone. Not at all. Or if you're listening to this at the end of next week, like a week after we've released this, and you're feeling like you were on the verge of tears, know that that was normal. Yes. Yes. Oh, hey, also, I do feel like we need to mention that my sister listened to the podcast within a couple of days. Oh, so really, she Katie? messaged me on Monday to be like, hey, you jerk. <laughs> 
Hey, you jerk. I love it. So I had been thinking that it would take her all this time to get around to it, but she is at my parents' house and my parents weren't home. And so she was just listening to podcasts and she caught up really quickly. Oh, wow. <laughs> so we well, were hey, wrong. Katie. We were. We were wrong. We misjudged you, Katie. Yeah, exactly. We love you still. She's like, typical. People always misjudge me. <laughs> she has this thing where she has a really good grasp of people's motivations and like, you know, if you should be friends with them, basically. But no oh. one ever listens to her. And we, my p- parents have joked that that's like her Sisyphean curse is that she's always right, but nobody ever listens. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> it's like the youngest child thing, but also it's just like Sisyphean curse. Like she just cannot. No. She's always right. And nobody ever believes no her, which is also her. actually yeah. a Greek myth that I, that's name is escaping me. But anyway, that's who she is. She's like, ah, <laughs> I told you this person was garbage. What's like wrong three with months you? ago when no one listened to me. <laughs> exactly. I do feel that as, as a, a person who also judges motivations pretty well. Yeah. Oh, also let the record show that we just hit peak full moon. Literally <sighs> just this minute. I just had my phone alert me via four different apps that <laughs> is currently the full moon. Thanks. We're in Thanks. peak full moon, Holly. I think that that's the weird thing about having apps that tell you exactly when the full moon is, is that it's easier to say like, oh, well, technically this happened like two days before the full moon. And so it, it isn't the full moon energy. It's something else. Whereas like when we were less precise with our understanding of it, you could, it was a little bit more intuitive and intuitive, flexible. Yeah. Something to think about. Anyway, why don't we talk about a card of the day? Yes, what deck are you using today for Car of the Day? I'm using Luna Soul. Ooh. I know. Kind of interesting. I haven't pulled this out for a while, but it spoke to me, so oh, good. the time felt like it had come. And we're just going to pull for today, and hopefully it's not a five again. <laughs> oh, God, we can't complete the fives. Please don't complete the fives. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> no five of pentacles, no five of pentacles. Two of Pentacles! Yay! (laughs) I like that because for energy for this, it's kind of like finding balance between trying to organize our thoughts in general about the book's about the book and also all of our like feelings about feelings what's going in on general. in our lives. Yeah, yes. exactly. <laughs> so oh. we're finding balance. Now is the time for us to be talking about tarot for troubled times, not thinking about all of our stuff that's going on outside of this. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Easier said than done, but let's aim for that two of pentacles. Yes. Grounding, grounding. Okay. <laughs> that's what I am hoping for. Exactly. It's time for our book this week. We're talking about Terror for Troubled Times, Confront Your Shadow, Heal Yourself, and Transform the World by Shaheen Miro and Teresa Reed. From the publisher, Out of darkness comes the light of transformation. Each of us has a shadow that darkens our inner and outer lives. In Terror for Troubled Times, Shaheen Miro and Teresa Reed show us how working with the shadow, facing it directly, leaning into it rather than away, releases power that can free ourselves from negative mental habits and destructive emotions to find healing ourselves and others. Tarot, as the author show, 
offers a rich and subtle path for this profound transformation. Tarot for Troubled Times is not just another book on how to read the tarot. The authors provide specialty readings and suggested practices for issues such as grief, addiction, depression, fear, anger, divorce, illness, abuse, and oppression, and provide practical suggestions for stepping up as an ally or leader so that you can shape social policy. With a selection of mindful, introspective tarot spreads, you'll learn how the tarot can help you rewrite your healing story and change your life and help transform the world. Awesome. It's time for Parameters. So uh, let's talk about our general thoughts first, and then we'll move through the outline and then pros and cons and stuff. So okay. what were your general thoughts? General thoughts, I was, even though it's Terror for Times, I was taken back at how at length they address shadow work. Me too. I really liked that about yeah, it. Yeah, I really I liked that. I was like surprising, it. like, because I think Terror for Times, I think like, okay, a book of spreads to help people through troubled times. Like, that's what I kind of expected going into yeah, it. Yeah, totally. But then once you get into it, there's like a huge, like half the book almost is dedicated to shadow work. Right. And exactly. the development of that. So I thought that was, that was really surprising and I liked it. Yeah, me too. So I, because this book was your suggestion, which sounds way more accusatory than I mean it to be, but I didn't know anything about it when I bought it. Like, literally when you said, oh, we should do Tarot for Troubled Times, I went on Amazon and purchased it without reading Yeah, it's on the, the podcast. Synopsis. We have proof people. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I had literally no expectation. I was thinking that it was going to focus way more on, like, worldwide trouble times. Oh, okay. Like, how right now is this weird period in, like worldwide history where everything feels a lot sharper and more damaging. And like, we know the bad stuff that's happening in areas of the world that we, you know, 50 or a hundred years ago would not know the bad stuff that was happening. You know, like I thought it was more of like sort of worldwide trouble times. Okay. So I was in, which would have been awesome. And they do touch on that towards the end, like the the last quarter touches on that. But I was so impressed with the explanation and development of skills to handle yes. shadow stuff. Yes. Because like we've talked about before, people say shadow work all the time. Yes. And you're like, what on earth do and they usually- mean? And usually... It's put in a way where there's a leader who they need to go to for shadow work. It's not yeah. like a self-developmental sort of shadow work where you right. are given the tools to do it yourself. Like, oh, this person is really good at helping with shadow work because right. they X, Y, or Z. But anyway, so I since, since my expectations were basically non-existent, the whole beginning when I was going through the shadow work stuff, I was like having all of these epiphanies. It was mm-hmm. wild. Yeah. I haven't gotten that much out of like a... Because basically, I guess, like, the general thought about it is that it's way more self-helpy than tarot. Yes. Yes. At one point, I was from, what was that podcast? Like, Small Tell Murder, like, shut up and give me tarot. Like, that's what I expected. Like, okay, so where's the tarot and all of this? But tarot doesn't come in until, like, probably the middle of the book. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Which is fine, because I really do feel like the information at the beginning is helpful for people. Oh, yes, definitely. And especially for me, like, seriously, Esther, I can't even tell you how much I was like, oh, my God, oh, my God. Like, just having Mm -hmm. all of these moments of like, oh, this is how I can help myself through the troubled times that I'm currently in. Right. It was really amazing. And I, at one point, was like, oh, shoot, Holly, you're reviewing this for the podcast. It's not <laughs> just about, like, if this is helpful to you, but also, like, right. what to expect for other people. And I think that you're totally right in pointing out that the tarot doesn't really come up until halfway through. Right. And I only say that just because, as tarot readers, if, like, we're at different points in our journeys. Yeah. And if you're at a point in your journey where you're not exactly 
that troubled time, but you've been through troubled times. Like for me, I got things out of it, but it's not as epiphanal for me as it has been for you because you're in that troubled time right now. Well, and also I think that if you were in the troubled time, but not really in the place, like a ment, like mentally or spiritually or whatever to start unpacking the troubled stuff. Yeah. Then it also would feel like a little bit less of hitting a mark, but because a lot of this, the really, really like, difficult things that I've been going through are now a couple of weeks old. Like obviously we're still dealing with trauma when you lose somebody in a sudden way, the way that we lost my cousin, but like it, in addition to that, there's other stuff going on. So it isn't just only Wade, but that is a huge component of it. But now that it's kind of like been a couple of weeks, I'm more prepared to try to utilize the full moon because I already like to do moon magic stuff anyway. Like right. so the stuff she talks about using the full moon to X, Y, or Z, which we'll get to when we go through it in a little bit, like really because I'm in the place where I want to start doing that anyway, it was mm-hmm. like perfect. But I totally get why somebody who's either not going through a troubled time and expected this to be more about global troubles rather than individual troubles, you'd be like, what the hell are they talking about? Yeah. (laughs) And I think this is, I would think, more made for, like, an immediate tarot reader. Like, intermediate. Oh, like, intermediate. Yeah, Yeah, totally. Immediate. (laughs) Yeah, I think it's more for intermediate. Because even though there's foundational stuff at the beginning, there's, like, an understanding of tarot kind of already assumed going into it. Right. So I would not thrust this onto a newbie tarot reader. Especially if it's, if, so I think that the other thing is that you have to be comfortable with the idea of working magic too. Yes. So if you're somebody who's like really, really just like Jungian tarot, like only for personal development without any of the sort of like spiritual sort of like witchier side, I think that you would definitely have some trouble with how much the assumption is that you're comfortable with that yeah yeah. but I also do think that if you're not quite comfortable with it yet but you're thinking about it there it's a good introduction so perfectly introductory yeah yeah that like if you haven't yet but want to this would be good yeah so that's why I think it's kind of like a good like early early yeah because like there's an assumption that you kind of already are familiar with tarot and that you're not to, because I think a lot of times early tarot readers they become too dependent on tarot yeah. for their development and for making decisions. Yeah. And I think you need to have a bit more of a spine for this because they talk about you need you know you need to have that assumption of like if there's real stuff going on in your life you need to go to therapy. Yeah. You know there's and that, she does that, say that say which that I love often. Yeah. It was they said it often so I love that. So I think that it's really good like. Aiming, they're really aiming for the middle, and people in the outer skirts, you know, kind of get yeah. whatever they need to get from it. So I thought that yeah. was really good. I yeah, I thought that was really good too. Okay, so let's keep moving through the parameters because we'll have more time to talk about other components other of stuff, this. Yeah. Oh yikes! Don't fall asleep, iPad. Okay. <laughs> I know. I so know. the organization we've already touched on a little bit, but do we want to go through that a little bit more? We can just pull up the. Yeah, I wrote kind of like the fir- first part is like foundations of the fool's journey and shadow work and supportive practices of shadow right. work. Like that's kind yeah. of like a foundational, like the first half, I would say, is foundational stuff. Yeah, totally. I would say about the first half. The first second, half. the f- yeah, the second quarter, quarter no. 
the third, third quarter. Quarter. There we go. The third, <laughs> now we're talking yeah. basketball terms. The third quarter is kind of like yourself and tarot, where it goes through like your birth card and your year card and like affirmations you can use or yeah. kind of like directional how you can use those specifically to help um, you in the healing process. Right. And then the final part, final the quarter last is quarter, was actual the- tarot spreads. Well, yeah, and the kind of what's going on in the world. Yeah, and, and like, uh, oh, yeah, I put tarot spreads, and there's sort of three kinds. There's tarot spreads for yourself healing, tarot spreads for other healing, like external people in your life, like how to help them, and then also tarot, like, for activism and magic and being more activist in your, yeah. the world. That's, there was another section where she listed three types of tarot that I thought was, like, very, very helpful in explaining tarot to other people. Okay, so why don't we just start at the beginning, then? Because that makes the most sense. Let's start at the very beginning. <laughs> yeah, very good exactly. place to start. <laughs> Homeschooled. I know. Homeschooled. <laughs> that is the Brandy version of Cinderella, right? No, it's what from Sounding from? Sound of Music. Oh, Sound of Music, doy. <laughs> Why did I think it was the Brandy version of Cinderella? Because I love that freaking movie. I love so that much. movie too. Yes, I do. Love uh, it. I still remember watching it at my friend Samara's house and being like, "Oh my god, this is amazing!" <laughs> Ten minutes ago, I saw you. Yeah, the music is so good. I love good. that song. I love it. Oh, I love it so much. Okay, so. Uh, I think we need to address the first chapter just because somebody brought it up in our Facebook group because we invited people before to read we along even with us. like both had finished reading the first chapter. No, I had Someone not else even brought picked it. up the book when she <laughs> said this. So I so I work in a field in higher education where all throughout my entire graduate program we were talking about the knapsack as a metaphor for a place to keep the tools that you're learning about that you can share with others. So that metaphor is like very ingrained into my experience as a professional. And so it didn't even strike me as strange at all, but it is so woo woo to people who do not use that metaphor all the time. Well, and I think (laughs) it may have triggered some like former Christian stuff in me because that metaphor is used a lot in Christianity. Like what tools are in your toolbox for Jesus and the Lord? You know, it's sort of thing. And ours were like how to make sure that you're directing people to appropriate resources and creating boundaries with yeah. students. No, like, like you need this. You need the sword of the Lord in your sh- and your shield. Like it, we, we, I could just go oh, on for the whole metaphor. Weird. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. There's a whole Ephesians eight is like the whole metaphor that the gospel's built on. Anyway, we're not talking about that. But anyway, it's sort of kind of like Ephesians, get out of my brain. (laughs) So I guess it's uh, not the Ephesians. It's a letter to the Ephesians, right? So it's not that the Ephesians are in your brain. It's Paul's letter to Ephesians. God damn, Paul. Get out of here, Paul. (laughs) So I think I think for me, because of that, it also kind of took me out of like trying to like follow things for me the flow and the focus was a bit scattered more scattered than i would have liked at for like a hello this is what we're all about chapter yeah so that was just my what kind of threw me off a little bit i think that it's really a conversational writing style that if you're not prepared for it to be such like short direct sentences it would definitely be strange i think that that's why i say that it feels so self-helpy because self-help books are written in a similar cadence of like you know okay Take a few deep conscious breaths, orient yourself so that you face north. Even if you're not sure what it is or where it is, let your body find north. Like all of these short directives. It's just like, that's very self-helpy. And so I think that if you're thinking like that, if you're expecting a more like explanatory, is that a word? Like a more explanatory Mm -hmm. tarot book, this would feel weird because it's way more, especially at the beginning about your feelings. 
Right. Yeah. And I'm the sort of person like, well, okay, why should I obey you? You're telling me to close my eyes. Well, why? <laughs> See, that's you know, you're your shadow, me girl. Breath, why? That's your shadow. <laughs> but I also really like I that know. a lot of these chapters, especially at the beginning, end with journaling exercises, including oh, questions oh, we to ask about, yourself. We, don't. Spoiler. Spoiler. Don't. Oh. Spoil. We have this oh, later. Okay. <laughs> that's like pros for later. Stop it. <laughs> All right. That's in the pros section. <laughs> yeah. Don't okay, cover it yet. <laughs> so then they start talking about the shadows, and I actually underlined something as the best explicit description of shadow work that I've really ever read, um, because I think that people dance around it so much. But she says everyone has settled a subtle darkness that wraps them like a soft velvet cloak, which I really like the imagery of. Oh yeah, this is your shadow, the part of you that is dark, rich, and fertile. Because again, shadows are not negative necessarily; they're just a part of no. you that needs to be like brought out more. It is a place where we lock mm-hmm. our fears and insecurities, our monsters and demons. And I love the idea of it being dark, rich and fertile, but also full of monsters and demons. The shadow is that space within and around you where you feel abandoned, lost and confused. It is that space where you feel completely out of control, poked and prodded by chaos and fear. And mm-hmm. like she says, the darkness is the womb of creation, the tomb of destruction and the cave of regeneration. And I just think maybe because I'm going through this weird thing where like, It can be so all of my coping mechanisms in the past have involved compartmentalization and like deprioritizing the hard parts. But at a certain point when the dark parts become so huge, that Mm -hmm. stops working. And all of a sudden, like you can't move at all. Like I'm getting choked up just thinking about how not able to like get through sort of regular stuff I've been, even though I've Mm -hmm. always felt really capable of getting through stuff. But even like, I mean, I was just thinking like besides the Wade stuff and like the moving stuff and our house about to being like torn up and stuff, even like getting my wisdom teeth out, that can be a traumatic thing. Like I, you know, had a head surgery, but anyway, it doesn't matter. All I'm saying is that, For me, I always felt like I could compartmentalize the shadow more. And so this description really stuck Mm -hmm. with me because the idea that it's around you and you sometimes use it as a cloak to protect you from other stuff. Like, I feel like I have been feeling like, well, I don't need to worry about all of these other things because I have this big shadow over me. So I don't need to worry about, like, getting work done or like folding my laundry or any of those things because it's comforting to just say like, I'm too overwhelmed with all of this shadow stuff that I can't keep working on regular stuff. And so acknowledging that like it can feel safer to hold on to it, but you still need to not do that. And you still need to shed light was really like my first, like damn girl. (laughs) I love that. Yeah. Yeah, and I had highlighted, by listening to your shadow, you discover that there is a whole other side of you, the bigger, brighter, and more luminous self hidden right there yeah. in the dark. So I think it's like it's kind of recognizing that there's other parts of you that you've kept hidden and kind of kept protected because that's what how I've, you know, always kind of been is I've kept parts of myself protected because they're too precious for me Sharon. to kind of reveal yeah. to people. And, and like some of it, some of it has to do with shame because of my past I mean, just like the homeschooled thing. Being homeschooled is very shameful Aww. for me, like coming out into the world. And not because I didn't, like, I loved it because I was bullied when I did go to private school. So, like, it, an alternative to bullying was yeah. being homeschooled. So I loved being homeschooled. But also, like, in the realistic world, like, when I went to college, there's no sense of actual science when I or actual history. And so now I feel like I'm 10 years behind yeah. in learning stuff that other people have already, like, 
learned elsewhere. Yeah. You know, so it's I, it's one of those things, kind of like where it's where you're always having to address things and readdress things, and those tender areas that come up, whether they're shields or whether they're actual like hidden spots in your like, yeah. cave. And for me, that really brings up a lot of stuff for me too, because normally I am very very open, and like people my whole life have been like, you just have such a like light about you and so much joy. And over the past two months, I have not been seeing any of that within myself. And so Mm -hmm. it's almost like you can take off and put back on this cloak of shadows. And so I did not have it on. And then I put it on and having like wearing it now is uncomfortable and I'm more comfortable mm-hmm. if I can shed it. But like, I think that that's why some of the strategies that she goes through are so helpful because I need to, I'm more comfortable when I'm allowing a lot of like happy vulnerability and like jokiness and light pour from mm-hmm. me, but I yeah. haven't really felt capable of that. And so, yeah, it's just like, that's what that makes me think of is that you also have the ability yeah. to like take that cloak off and put it back on as other stuff happens. And so deciding mm-hmm. what level of wearing it you want to be in is like a component of going through shadow work. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. I do want to say a funny quote because, yes. um, so this is from slipping into the shadows and navigating the dark. Sometimes you, you have to slow grind. Sometimes you have to waltz and sometimes you have to just sway in the dark with your shadow. And I, was, I and, loved that. And so I've, in, the, in my note, I put bump and grind with your shadow. Like, <laughs> all up on here <laughs> yeah i really liked that yeah, too that and great. actually i underlined that also oh, sometimes hey. you just have to sway in the dark yeah because okay so that chapter they're talking so there are two authors but it's interestingly laid out i guess we should have talked about this in organization oh, because it's really majority written by Teresa reed shaheen miro has like specific um almost like anecdotal how he handles things. Right. Like it's like anecdotes that leads into self-help practices. Exactly. Exactly. That is my one, not complaint, I guess concern about the structure is that it's not always totally clear where his quotes end. Okay. Yeah. Because they usually start with a new paragraph and a giant, uh, what am I? Quote mark? Quotation mark? Quotation mark? Yeah. What is that called? Quotation mark. Wow. (laughs) Wow. How did I pick that up? I'm in Korea, Holly. <laughs> Seriously. And like you just said, you went to homeschool, but apparently yeah. got a better apparently grasp got, of I got it. than I got I did. I got a good English. Great, <laughs> I got a good English. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so sometimes it's not totally clear where his portion is ending. Yes. And it was like that way in the ebook as well. So just Yeah. So I think that that would be one thing. I mean, like the stuff that he includes is really, really, really interesting. And I, I think that it did add value, but it was a little bit unclear of like where it ended. Mm-hmm. So that would be like a formatting issue that I kind of saw. But anyway, so when we talk about she being the person who wrote something in a chapter, we're talking about Teresa because it does seem like there's a different voice. That's very yeah, there's a different voice and it does feel kind of like primarily her yeah. in a lot of places. Cause it's, it was her. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so in that section that Esther just quoted from the swaying in the dark section, 
she's talking about how we need to like participate in our shadow more rather than just letting it be on its own and that's where the dancing comes and it was it's one of my favorite places i have had tons of shit like underlined because this like really spoke to like stuff that i was taught in my childhood like perhaps you were young and being punished for being bad maybe you hit your sibling in a fit of anger maybe you didn't do your homework because it was boring in this situation, your parents or teachers might have criticized you, labeled you as a brat, or called you lazy. And in some cases, you receive punishment. And it's basically like about like these this approval disapproval cycle and how we need to be, feel secure and loved. And that it was like yeah. training us behaviorally. And I and especially coming from a very conservative Christian background, where we were spanked, where we were like shamed, like yeah. for sins that we committed. Like I have a very sh- like even now like as an adult who has moved on from that for like three years now, I still have a very shame based like reaction to bad stuff like what did I do wrong like what is like my role like it's very very shame based and punishment based and well and also the shadow beliefs that she lists are things like I don't matter I'm not enough no one even cares so why bother like everyone else must come first so such a good like portion like I literally like under like the whole chapter like of this portion (laughs) well and also because i think it's really helpful she goes on to say do not judge yourself for having these feelings just pay attention to how you feel and ask yourself without shame what's behind this and why am i feeling that and i think that's why you can say why i'm feeling this is because of my past history being told that that my opinion my voice doesn't matter because uh, you know blah blah blah. exactly yeah exactly so i like that because it's like saying like it's validating those feelings. Like, yes, those feelings are valid, but don't let them consume you. You have to think about where they're coming from. Yes. So, yeah, I thought that that was really great, too. There's, like, different strategies, the alchemical path for expressing the shadow self, seeing stories of shadow and pain, finding the roots of resistance to that pain. This is a good... That section is really good because it's talking about how you need to give yourself time yes. to make it happen. Like, it's not something that happens overnight. And I feel like you've been doing shadow work about the Christianity... Like abusive Christianity for three years. I, and it's like a have process. To this point, I mean, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's an ongoing process. Yeah, you couldn't have gotten to this point within a year. Really, no, no. it would have been way even more painful than it already was if you'd forced yourself to get through it quickly. Yeah, and and not and some of it involved tarot, and some of it doesn't involve tarot. It's like uh, like this book helps marry practical things that you can do in your life with yeah. using tarot as a tool in your toolbox. Tarot is not the only tool to use in this shadow right. work. Uh, exactly. Book. And I really liked this question that she poses here too. Rather than saying, what am I afraid of? Saying, what's motivating my fear? Mm-hmm. That, oh. <sighs> yes. <laughs> Abandonment. That's always the answer. Abandonment for me every time. I know. And I I know you don't want to talk about the journal prompts yet, but the journal prompts in this section are really great. Uh, the also. journal prompts in every section are like great. And I was so good. About, like, like I said, they could be literal tarot spreads. Like, just t- pick a couple questions out and help tarot, yeah. like, develop an answer, help you develop an answer if you can't figure out an Through answer. Through tarot. Totally. Like, this one really struck me. Ask your ask your shadow how she has gotten so big and ask your shadow how you can help her heal. Oh. I just was like, 
Oh my god! Yeah, it's in like, and I'm I'm so thankful <laughs> Teresa doesn't mince words either because I'm a very upfront person, I'm very bold person. Like I need those questions to kind of snap me out of my emotional like right mindset because I spiral so easily. I will go to one question and I'll you know self doubting you know, and then I will spiral. But these questions yeah. from Teresa, like the Jernan questions and the Tarotspark questions, help you kind of get to the heart of the issue and don't fuck around with like shit that you don't need. Like that's that's yeah. like it's not woo woo like out of for the sake of being woo woo. It's it's yeah. there for actual like getting to the point of the problem. Well, and a lot of them are full blown therapeutic questions. Yes, like saying which emotions were considered bad in your family is something that a therapist would say. Yes. So I think that it's just really strong from a journaling prompt perspective and just also the consistent acknowledgement that things can be really, really hard and that all of the things that we've experienced in our past are super real and that we have to address them Mm -hmm. to be able to like move forward without them. They can't just be left in a box in a closet, which I think is how I've been trying to treat every bad thing that's ever happened to me in my entire life Mm -hmm. is just like, okay, well that's over moving on and just kind of like not really digging into it as much. So I think that that's really, it's just such an important reminder. It's helped break that box open from the back of the attic. Yeah. Uh, And then also the idea that life is a form of sacred expression Mm -hmm. and that it always has been and that it always will be. And so we need to find ways to, figure out what's holding us back from expressing ourselves that in ways that feel like the most authentic, most sacred versions of ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've been <laughs> identified with that recently just because like, and I haven't shared a lot about this, like, but the spirit keepers tarot has been like really helping me connect with like the more sacred side of things than like, oh, awesome. like in a way that's not like triggering Christian stuff. Yeah, that's awesome. It's not that I'm fearful of sharing it, but because I can't really frame it in the right words, Mm -hmm. I think Teresa's framing it that way. Like your life is that expression of the sacred stuff. And that's how like SKT has been helping me kind of bring that back out from me instead of being so totally scared of that aspect. And I really love that. And Spirit Keepers Tarot is not available anymore. No, it's not. Sold out. Sorry. Sold out. Well, that's the other thing is that I feel like the deck that does that for me is Cosmic Woman. Yeah. So it's not just, it's like, so if you're listening to this and you're like, oh shoot, well now I can't get that deck. So how the heck am I supposed to do this? It's not about that specific deck. deck. It's necessarily, I mean, for me, Cosmic Woman, because it's like celebrating a lot of the things that I would like to emulate. Like Mm -hmm. a lot of the images are these like curvy tall women with long flowing hair, like whatever. So for me, that's the, the sacred expression that I'd like to exemplify. Yeah. So that makes a lot of sense for me. And for spirit keepers, there must be something about the images that's striking you as right. an area of sacred expression that you'd like. To and have. I know for other people like Mary L tarot does that for them. So it's not, ex- yeah. it's not a deck. It's just a deck that you connect with that helps lead you to that expression. Well, and isn't it weird because neither of you, you and I do not have the feeling that like certain decks are like more sacred because we don't really use the word sacred in our practice very often. So we don't treat them like precious little sacred angels. No, generally, but for some reason, I mean, I, I would let people touch cosmic woman. It doesn't bug me if other people are around it, but like that deck, I try to protect more than other Mm -hmm. decks that I have. Yeah. I have it in my bedside table away from anything else. Like Mm -hmm. it is in a safe spot. It's not going to get jacked up because I feel like it needs a little bit more of that, like sacred space in some weird way, even though I don't feel that way about 
any other of my decks. Yeah. Well, you know me with SKT. I was so afraid my dog would eat a card. That's very irrational fear. <laughs> but I was so afraid. I was like, Benabelle's down to like 100 decks. I need to buy one more just in case. I don't think it's irrational. You have experienced Doogie eating cards before. I did. I did experience. You know, so th- for me, that was like, a like that was my expression because like, because it's a out of print deck that won't, that's not mass market. Yeah. And so, you know, but I, but like you, like there isn't a deck that I felt was sacred until that one came and I was like, oh, this one, like, understands me in a way that other decks don't. And that's yeah, kind of what yeah. I think both of us are kind of getting to, where this deck connects with us in a way that other decks don't. Not that it's, like, more, like, special and blessed by God or Jesus or, you know, Mother Mary or <laughs> the Satan. But just saying in general, like... <laughs> I was going to say, uh, Jesus and Mother Mary and Satan don't have time for my bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> but just saying in general, or, like, Beelzebub or behemoth or whatever you know just yeah somehow these two decks for us have connected with us in ways that right. others haven't and if you and find so that, do, that sort of deck too yeah and i think that, that brings up a good point is that you could use all of these journal prompts for tarot prompts also yeah definitely um but anyway so the end of the shadow dancing chapter is, there are two things that i wanted to quote because they both just slayed me and one of them was you've got to be a little unconventional to survive which i <laughs> loved yes Yes. well it's true it's true and as people who are just objectively unconventional i mean we're conventional in a lot of ways but we also have a podcast about tarot that's like very (laughs) unconventional um and then also the other her mantra that she gives at the end of the chapter that i find very beautiful Mm -hmm. is i am a spark of the divine light magically creating a life of living beauty color and sacred expression yes i really liked that mantra Oh man. I mean, I think that it really, you're totally right. What you said at the beginning, it was really helpful that I'm going through this healing process while Mm -hmm. reading this because it just struck so many chords for me. Yeah. (laughs) I'm not exactly in that sort of mode. So, so it's like, we're, we're offering two different perspectives. Who knew? Yeah. You can be a little bit more objective because I'm just like, Oh my God, it's perfect. And you're like, well, <laughs> well, I, so for me, it's I enjoy this book for those times that I know will come because this life is a wheel of fortune. So yeah. those times will cycle back around. And exactly. I know that I will have this in my knapsack when I need it. <laughs> exactly. There you go. And you will have it on your shelf. And, you know, when something happens that you need to feel like you've gained some new shadows about, yeah. you can dig in. Keep digging. Yeah. Exactly. So the next chapter is about meditation, which I also found super helpful because people always ask, like, well, how do you meditate even? Yeah. And I think the step-by-step is really, really nice Mm -hmm. because I think that you can get that in other sources. But one of the things that she includes is just a reminder that you can't judge your practice as right or wrong. Yes. And then she also talks about EFT, which is... I thought that was really interesting. and I Emotional freedom. I haven't had time to look at it because, again just working You're, a lot but yeah um but yeah I, w- I was just like oh tapping energy my oh, when knew? i was like my very first job out of grad school my boss told me about this oh okay and she's kind of woo like she has like a seat mat okay that has like moon rocks in it or something like she's <laughs> but so also much. i just freaking love her so much she's an incredible incredible person she like adopted three children oh, her wow. husband is an astronomer like she's just really cool but anyway so but this like tapping thing 
I've seen this I in Tai Chi before it. because I've done some like Tai Chi exercises and like they do like the tapping to like get your chi and the yin and the yang all Yeah, balanced. I think that it probably comes from that. I'm sure it's probably like inspired by that. But I was like, oh, well, I didn't, wouldn't have thought of like tying it to like a memory and kind of like rewriting the memory if that's kind yeah. of what's going on. So I was like, huh, that's really interesting. Especially with the mantra of, like, as you get to the end of this whole process of tapping, which she lays out here, you because you're supposed to be focusing on a specific thing. So, Mm -hmm. like, let's say um, my focus is that I've been dragging my feet on sending out Patreon stuff because I'm just feeling really overwhelmed by it. And so if I did went through this whole process of, like, like, my fear comes from a place of, like disappointing people or over promising or whatever. And then you get to the point where you're done with the whole tapping process. And you say, even though I'm scared of disappointing people, I deeply and profoundly love, accept and forgive myself. And I think that the deeply and profoundly love and accept and forgive myself thing is a really helpful way to be able to like, say again, acknowledging that shadow Mm -hmm. without having it like, sit on you forever. Right. Not feeling that guilt and that shame that's attached to that shadow. It's recognizing it and then replacing it with loving and accepting and forgiving yourself. Right. In, in exactly. That way. Yeah. It's just so great. Yeah, it is. So anyway, then she goes through other ways to connect with yourself in the world. Um, the crafting ceremony first uh, create sacred time, also sacred space. That whole section mm-hmm. would be really helpful for somebody who did not have a devoted, like altar space yet. Yes. Because it's like really walks through what you might it's want like to It's like very basics. Stuff. Yeah, with the very basics of like how to create sacred time and space for yourself. Um, and then just also reiterating the, re- reiterating the importance of making time to use that space. And I think that's where I am. And mm-hmm. we were talking about this before we started recording. My sacred space is covered with shit yeah. right now. <laughs> because actually that's like the first thing that goes when I start going through troubled times mm-hmm. is that I stop creating sacred time and space yeah. for myself because I just feel like I can't. Yeah. And so that even that is so helpful to be like, no, when you're going through these troubled times, even more so you need it. Should you yeah. be creating sacred time and space? Like don't let that be the thing that goes by the wayside. Yeah. Even though it's so easy to let it, mm-hmm. don't let it. Yeah. And that's like I was like, oh my God, duh. Like one of the reasons I feel so off is because I haven't been meditating. Yeah. Because I've been just feeling not up for it. Mm -hmm. But like, even if you could just do it for a couple minutes, keep your sacred space clear. Right. (laughs) Then you can keep your mind clear a little bit more. Yeah. Um, I think, sorry, I'm just trying to speed up a little bit because we're already at 50 minutes. Oh, oops. Uh, And we're like on page 40. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, And it's just a lot of it is kind of going further to like a lot of questions, a lot of journaling, what it kind of means to be present, how to ground yourself. Like just, yeah. just like the basics, uh, not basics. I don't want to like feel like I'm like downplaying it. Dismissing it. I, yeah, yeah, I'm not dismissing it at all. Like I think it's just kind of like overviewing. It's good reminders. Yeah, things that help you support as you go into the next following phase. Yeah, and the grounding exercises, some of them were ones that I've already done and some of them were definitely not. And yes. so that was really interesting and energetic cords and stuff at, were cool yeah. at one point yeah the ener- the energetic cords i wanted to talk about because she talks about how knots of anxiety can't tighten if you're if you stop flailing so if you think about literal knots yeah 
if you're flailing and moving, those knots tighten to a point where it's really hard to unwind them. Mm -hmm. But if you stop and be still and ground yourself, then those knots don't have the chance Mm -hmm. to tighten in ways that make it so that you can't keep moving forward. Yeah. So I really like that. And this is kind of where the magic stuff happened because she mm-hmm. starts talking about She talks about psychic vampires, people. She talks about things that we talk about. And I'm, I felt so validated as a podcast. Like, yes! yeah, <laughs> we've been talking about these sorts of things for a long yeah. time. Yeah. And the signs of the negative energetic cords, including sudden bursts of anger, like anxiety, blocks in areas of your life, all of that stuff. That's like a good thing to take assessment of so mm-hmm. that, that you can then react and kind of a cleaning and clearing of your energy sort of way. Right. And also I will say that they continually mention therapy and like professional yes. counseling. Like it's not right, just right, like right. a one and done sort Here's of thing, like a disclaimer exactly. sort of thing. It's like continual mentioning of it. So, yeah. And I, so I've never done a cord cutting ritual, ritual but I yeah. loved the visualization exercise that she starts that section with of mm-hmm. visualizing the cord and seeing if, if it's thick or thin, if it's rigid Is it a certain color? Where is it located on your body? And why is it there? Like all of these different components of the visualization Mm -hmm. I found very helpful. And the idea of like setting up to do a cord cutting ritual. Yeah. Having this idea of what the cord actually looks Looks like like and feels like. Yeah. Is great. Yes. Um, yeah, and there's just cord cutting stuff. What was the, there's the psychic vampire. Oh, <laughs> what? we've already talked about this, but that show, what is it called? What we do in the shadows. Oh yes. Whatever. I love that show and the movie. Yes. <laughs> oh, I need to watch the movie. Maybe the I'll movie's so good. The movie's, I think I haven't watched the show yet because the movie was so good. I don't want to be disappointed by the show. <laughs> it's just the psychic vampire thing just makes me laugh so hard. Yeah. But I also like that she says like, these people aren't evil. And most of the time they're just also wounded individuals looking for a way to yeah. stay alive. And so it's not that they're trying to be psychic vampires. It's that they are not addressing. Like, yeah. also because the component of that is that we could each turn into a psychic vampire. Yes. If we don't address stuff that's going right. on. Right. Which is helpful to remember. Too. Yes. And saying no. Like, I always love a good affirmation of saying no because I have such a hard time saying no. So thank you, Teresa, for that. Yes. And there's like pages of psychic vampires. Oh, yes. It's not a short chapter. No. And then this is where the magic stuff comes mm-hmm. into play. Like there's a lot of ritual work. And that there's she goes crystals that you can use and visualizations and things yeah. like that. So this is this where it gets more little woo woo y attached yeah. to stuff. Yeah. yeah. Which you and I are both comfortable with, but also we acknowledge that in a tarot book, not everyone has the same practice. Right. And so if you're not expecting or in, that, you and may not find the same it. like resources like black turlamine turlamine. Like, some people don't have access to that as easily, things like that. So yeah. you can, like... But that's why the visualization yeah, exercises the visualization are really so help. good to be included. There are because... alternatives. Like, she offers, like, here's this and also this, you know. So yeah. there's definitely good alternatives. So the one that I have never done, I do the spiritual protection visualization a lot mm-hmm. with the, like, you know, white cleansing light around you or the golden oh, yes. light or whatever. I do that one primarily, but I've never thought to do the cloak of black velvet visualization. Uh-huh. I love that one. That one was so which good. I really love. I really it's so it. much more like insulated. Yes. Like you're, you're not, it's not about like actively like I guess bouncing stuff back at mm-hmm. people as much as it is, it is just about self protection yeah. and protection. Yeah. So I really liked that one. And I'm going to start including that in my toolbox. Yeah. <laughs> in your little knapsack. Yeah. I love that. 
Um, okay, so then there's just some additional um, strategies. And then we get to the tarot. Hey, shut up and give me tarot. That was... <laughs> yeah, shut up and give me tarot. So the thing about this is that she really, really, really focuses on just major arcanas yes. for the most part. There is like two pages of all the minor arcana explanations. Yeah, it's like little keywords in the in like the last third yeah exactly but the majority is definitely um major arcana based mm-hmm. so she talks about birth cards first yes what is your birth card i have two birth cards the hermit and the moon which are like the most depressing of the arcanas <laughs> no no it's just no. unknown <laughs> no you're fine <laughs> okay mine are the uh the wheel and the magician oh okay because basically the way that they do it is um like adding all the digits of your birthday so my birthday is may 16th 1987 so i just add all those digits together i get to 10 so i can either stick with the wheel of fortune or i can simplify that further to the magician but after reading her explanation the the wheel of fortune is way more applicable yeah to how the I moon am. was way more applicable to me than this so moment. i'll i'll read the wheel of fortune and then you can read the wheel of i love the wheel of fortune that was one of the ones i highlighted because it was really good awesome um okay so the wheel of fortune this is birth card not year card or whatever The birth card, Wheel of Fortune. Lady luck and opportunity are associated with the Wheel of Fortune. The archetype here is fate and change and the ability to go with the flow. No matter whether life is up or down, the wheel continues to go around. At its best, it recognizes opportunities and seizes the day. It is the toss of the dice, the gamble that produces a big win. The Wheel of Fortune archetype is also a catalyst that that begins a movement. The shadow side of the Wheel of Fortune is resistance, woe is me, and blaming troubles on bad luck rather than taking responsibility for not grasping opportunity when it was presented. Refusing to budge or move with the times, that's it in a nutshell. So I am very go with the flow, but also I definitely blame stuff that happens to me on bad luck. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which helps in some situations where I'm like, oh, you know, I can move, I can forgive myself or these other people really easily because that's, you know, it's outside of our control. It's just bad luck. But also then when I'm not putting enough effort into something, Mm -hmm. I also see it as bad luck or like sort of outside of my control. So I thought that that was actually very illuminating for me personally, that that is something that I do. And, and I'm um, also, I'm aware that I do and I have the power to stop doing that. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And I had highlighted that one because of course, like the wheel of fortune had stalked me for a while. So that one was like really poignant for that for me. And then, so I have the moon as my archetype and And as an archetype, the moon symbolizes change and instinct. Those times when the world goes dark and we cannot see, but only have the light within ourselves to guide us as to, sorry, page turn, to guide us are full of moon energy. There will always be times when the path becomes treacherous, but we must not give up or give in to fear. Instead, we must find the light in the darkness. And that starts with turning inward. Looking within will reveal the truth. Why am I having such a hard time? This card <laughs> is so as mis- real for you. I know it is. This card is as mysterious as can be and a reminder that life isn't always what it seems to be. The shadow side of the moon is doubt, anxiety, and the inability to see and holding back out of fear. Remaining in your comfort zone because the world looks too scary means the work needed doesn't get done. Girl. <sighs> like in there right now. Yeah, like about exactly. to cry. Like that's where I'm at right now. <laughs> Don't cry. But yeah, I, so this section, she is just really strong. Yeah. It's, it's very powerful. Like very like poignant for the, the light side and the shadow side. Right. Like, very, yeah, very exactly. good. 
And then she does a whole additional section of each of the cards sort of broken out with an affirmation, <gasps> more information about the positive, the shadow, and then actions that you can create. And so we're also going to talk about our birth cards for that. Yes. Um, and the Wheel of Fortune's affirmation is, I move with the flow of the universe. The positive traits are recognizes opportunities, game changer. What? Nope. Change maker. <laughs> game changer. <laughs> what? <laughs> Goes with the flow. And the shadow is resist change. Woe is me mindset and b- blames fate or bad luck. So just kind of reiterating what she said in the earlier section. And the actions that I can take is start a movement, join a movement, be an advocate for big changes in your community. But I am the flow with the universe is an affirmation that I will be using. Yeah, that's very that's very Holly affirmation. <laughs> Isn't that very me? It's, it's not even like human. You're you're still a universe, you know, alien I know, Holly. I <laughs> I'm a star seed Esther. <laughs> well we all kind of knew it, but thank you for admitting it finally. Okay. Oh no, why is my iPad dying? Why why'd you go away? Oh my gosh. Okay. So the moon. <laughs> The affirmation is, I honor my feelings on all levels, and I cannot tell you how meaningful that was I to know. me as I mean, me. that's the thing about the moon being for you is that it's way, it's so about turning inward, and that's exactly where you are. Yeah. And I, I'm always thinking inward, but this is like a good padded space inward, I should say. Like, yeah. it's not like spiraling inward. Yeah, yeah, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. It's like more of a controlled inward yes. contemplation yes. rather than just like, <gasps> now I can't even leave my house ever again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, the positive is strong instincts, navigate tricky situations, in touch with feelings, and seize the shadow. That Which is you so do. totally me. Yeah. And the shadow is doubt, confusion, unable to see through the fog, resisting the shadow. Can I can can I not be in more shadow denial than I'm actually at right now? Like so it's okay. much. You don't have denial. to talk about it yet. When you're ready to talk about it, reread this book. <laughs> yeah, we'll read the we'll read this we'll, we will revisit this book in three months for me. Yeah, exactly, this is Holly's episode exactly. of this book. I will revisit in three months for me. Tune in for that exactly. Patreon episode <laughs> where you listen to me cry the whole time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There will be so many tears. Yes. It'll be fantastic. Le- Holly will Maybe love I it. Am an energy. What if I'm an energy vampire who thrives on other people? tears i would not doubt it i'm already like collecting my tears and bottles for you to send so (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) and then the actions are work behind the scenes on a campaign or good cause which i'm like really you really want me to do that uh confront false information and shed light on what's true and those last two are so i know so me Esther, like one of Esther's biggest problems on the internet is that she's always like, that's not true. And then has to like show people, show people. And it's like, but it's like in a way that like, I want to like for the betterment of people. It's not like I'm always like a a know-it-all or anything. It's just more like they're wrong, Holly. But I end up just like explaining like in paragraphs why they're wrong to Holly and just never post it. So yeah, which is probably for the best because the internet is full of people who will just be like, I don't care what you're saying. you're saying. And you dummy. Yeah. So, yes. I loved that. The birth cards I got a lot out of. And then she goes into the year cards, which is the same thing. We kind of talked about this at the beginning of the year. Um, How to calculate it. We we, we talked about how to calculate our year cards, I feel like. Yeah, but I don't think that I got the same math answer. No, I did not either. Okay, good. I thought I wasn't losing my mind. I was like, I definitely did not get the lovers. I got the lovers. did Did we both get the lovers? No, we both got a different card, I feel like. But we because it wasn't the lovers, but we both have the same card. So how are we doing the math differently? I don't know. (laughs) Like we're adding our year. I don't know. 
I honestly have no idea. Because all of a sudden I'm like, I didn't get the lovers, but I like the lovers better than the card I remember getting. I know. And actually after reading the lovers description, (laughs) I was like, this is so relevant to my year. Welcome to me moving. Choices. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So we both got the lovers. Yeah. Because I remember us both getting the same card for the our year when we did the beginning of the year i don't remember we need we should have we should have we should have listened to our episode and we should have not done math live on air that's probably what it was we did the math wrong live <laughs> yeah, on air so yeah you're right exactly but this time we did it ahead of time we did we used go. calculators and not our fingers yeah so it does uh so th- her method of doing your card for the year is adding your birthday in that year so i am five plus one plus six Plus two, plus zero, plus one, plus nine. 24, simplified 24, down to six. I am eight plus four, plus two, plus zero, plus one, plus nine. That was two, 24, simplified two, plus four. Did we yep, get that math right? I, I did Wait, it by no, the calculator. Wait, no, yours again? Eight, eight plus four, plus two, plus zero, plus one, plus nine. Yeah, we both got six. Hey. All right. Cool. So that is awesome. And also, I think probably why this has gone so well this year, because we're both kind of in this like mode of partnership. Yep. And the affirmation for the year then becomes my choices are based on love. Oh, so relevant. And (laughs) always choose mindfully and with love is at the end of that positive sort of Mm -hmm. section of what your year will look like. And it's like loving yourself, but also loving others. Yeah, it's like not compa- just loving, just you like partnership. Generally compassion, yeah. focusing on partnership. Obviously, we have created a even stronger partnership between the two of us mm-hmm. than we could have thought because thought, yeah. this year has brought a lot out of us where we've had to rely on each other so much, yeah. which has been fantastic. Uh, I mean, I mean, it's like, been like horrifyingly fantastic. It's been a hard <laughs> year, but it's been great to feel that connection. Right, yeah. Um and the anything bad that's happened this year, not even just with us. Cause I don't think that we really let this happen because we're so communicative with mm-hmm. each other. But in general, if my choices are based on love, the shadow part of that is communication, breakdowns, boundary issues, selfishness, feeling alone, self-loathing, allowing others to walk on you and making poor choices. Yeah. And I do feel like the, the, the hardest parts of the year have been things that have stemmed from that shadow mm-hmm. of this year. Yes. card. Yeah. Definitely. Do you have any other thoughts about the year card section? No, I just thought that was really good. Like, I was like, whoo, my choices are based on love as the affirmation. Like, yeah, like every aspect. Like, that was really good. And I think that my one for next year is going to be the tower. Oh, no. (laughs) Well, we're going to have the same one. Why, Holly? No. Why the tower? Will we? Oh, yeah, because we would always have the same one. Yeah, we had the same one. Roaring 20s. What do we got? Five plus one. Oh, wait. Five plus one plus six plus two plus two is 16. So the tower or uh, seven or the the chariot. chariot. Maybe we'll choose the chariot. Can we choose the chariot? I feel like we can try to choose the chariot. (laughs) But the tower would just over, like, (laughs) supersede all that. Fine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, the, the the affirmation for the tower then is I am liberated. So yeah, exactly. Yay! This will be. But I found I found this section really really helpful yes. because the actual affirmations and the positive and negative was pretty illuminating. And I feel like and you could also again, use them for like when if you drew a card of the year like we've done in year spreads before, like your card of the year is blah blah. blah I think you could use this for that as well. Like you don't have to calculate necessarily like your birth card year sort of thing. Right. Right. Where is the section that I wanted to? Um, 
There was one part, it might be later after the spreads, where she talks about uh, combining the, oh, it's, maybe it's under the um, section that's about the year, like the whole entire Oh, year. yeah, yeah. I think it's a little later, because it, it kind yeah. of like comes back to it. Okay, right. So, yeah, that is later. The affirmation of combining the card for the whole year, like, you know, universally with our own, right. I found really interesting, too. Yeah, but yeah. That is later. Okay, so now we have those in mind, um, but I like the idea of combining those um, affirmations. She talks about it later with the affirmations between the year card and the card for us for the year, but I also feel like you could do the same with your birth card and your card for the year, like combining the lovers with the Wheel of Fortune would also give you some illumination about what's going on with this year Mm -hmm. for me. Yeah. So that's interesting. Okay, then she then is all the like little brief descriptions of the minor arcana. Yes. And then that's when they finally start talking about reading tarot. Yes. <laughs> and now we get to tarot. I mean, I'm not saying that like dismissively at all. I'm just saying like, No, no, definitely if there's not, a lot of setup like, and foundational stuff you kind of need to have in your back pocket before getting like being emotionally prepared for the next step. Right. And it is page 150 where you finally get minor arcana, like an explanation of other stuff besides yes. the major arcana, which I think confirms what we were talking about earlier about it being something that's more for like late beginner, early intermediate readers. Yeah. Because if you picked this up as like, oh, I'm going through a troubled time, but I don't know what tarot is. Mm-hmm. It would be very confusing. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but this is also where she talks about the three powers of tarot. And I thought this was really cool, yes. which was, uh, and it's also helpful for explaining tarot to other people. Tarot is diagnostic. It shows you the parts and pieces of the situation and how they're coming together to create the reality, the reality you're in now. I like that. Mm -hmm. Tarot is retroactive and that's when you explore the facets, um, and find the issues that are rooted in the past and then how you can change the story moving forward. Yes. I love the changing the story part like that, but it's kind of like said, like sporadically through the book, but that was like one of the most meaningful things. Right. Yeah. I thought so too. And then also tarot being creative. So rather than like being about telling the future, it's kind of about showing you the possibilities of what, how the story could work out. And I really liked that sort of condensement of the, of how huge tarot is to us Mm -hmm. into these three points. Yes. And there are so many good, like, questions in this section like so many and like even like how to phrase good questions comes up and like a page yeah later. like instructions of how to write and a good i question. love that because like even like i don't have the gift that holly does like creating questions and like having conversations with decks oh, thanks and, like, girl no i mean so so it's like it's just a gift that holly has and she creates amazing spreads so it's something that naturally comes to her so for me this was like a great way to be able to kind of like build those questions kind of like spiral c did with her like meeting your spirit guides where the questions were kind of built on each other this was like a good area to look to to kind of build questions like leading from one to the next and so that was really helpful for me and i highlighted a bunch of shit so yeah that was good instruction yeah and then she does spreads she starts with body mind spirit which is like just a classic which she acknowledges this Mm -hmm. is just a classic spread I also really liked the when you're feeling low two card spread yeah. of just state of mind and then the prescription. Yeah. Cause we like, like we always like a what to do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, exactly. <laughs> I think that that's the other thing that maybe I'm just not as familiar with 
the tarot lady, Teresa Reed, as I should be, because a lot of the stuff that we harp on and on and on about, about like, what's the next step is stuff that she talks about yeah, here. Yeah. Uh, the grief spread, I will definitely be doing. Yes. That one looked, I highlighted that one. And like, it goes into details, like showing you if someone else was like, it was a reading for someone else, kind of like how it would develop like with a card. So it's like, oh, there's yeah, like an exam- example. So if you're, if you are more of a beginner or you quite don't understand the question, these examples are really helpful as well. Right. Because I always like an example. Say like for this question, this hypothetical person got this card and here's how we would interpret that. Yeah. Then there's tarot for addiction stuff, which again, she does emphasize you should be seeking professional help. It's mm-hmm. not just about using tarot to solve it. Because there's also a relapse spread. Yes. I thought that, I thought that was um, really interesting. Like, yeah. as spreads. I, I would not think of that as a spread, but I know that these are issues and, like, that people deal with on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. So. And for the relapse spread, it's like, what do I need to know about the root of this? What lessons can I take away? And what's the next step I need to take in order to get back on track? Mm-hmm. Then I thought this one was really helpful because it's working for working with like somebody else. So this would be like if you're in a relationship or a family relationship or a friend relationship or whatever with an addict, like doing a card, a six card spread with three about them and three about you. Mm -hmm. What do I need to know about this person's state? What do they need at this time? What do I need from them at this time? And then the ones about you, what boundaries do I need to set? What support can I offer? And what do I need to do for myself? That's like, so, so good. So good. And I think you could tweak and the questions, too, to also apply to different situations. Literally, that's exactly what I was going to say. High this five isn't even necessarily the yeah, camera. <laughs> it isn't even something that needs to be about somebody being in addiction. Just if you're dealing with somebody who's also going through a hard time, mm-hmm. this would be really helpful yeah. in figuring out how you could best support them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then there's like a breakup spread, yeah. and... which I thought was interesting because like a couple weeks ago we had that listener question about moving on from a person and this would have been like a perfect spread to help use with them. Totally. And like, what do yeah, I need? Why am I missing this relationship? Why am I holding on to it? Mm-hmm. What do I need to see that I'm not? And what's my next step to move on? And then she goes through all of the explanation of like how you can ask questions. Yes. Creating your own spread. Yes. And that's the tarot section. Yeah. The tarot, the actual, like, specific tarot section is quite small in comparison to every, like, it's probably a fourth of the book, I would say. It's 30 pages out of 250, so it's like a tenth of the a book. A tenth of the book. Oh, wait. Because I'm included, like, the tarot archetypes. Okay, it's 80 pages. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's roughly around, like, a fourth of the book, I would say, ish. Right. And then the next section is about magic, and she talks a lot about candle magic, yes. which I really like, because that's obviously something that we do. Mm-hmm. Um, then the some more visualization exercises for grounding or encountering negative, or encountering negative people. Yes. Those were also um, good. Full moon rituals, new moon rituals. I literally, on the full moon ritual, wrote, do this on Thursday. <laughs> Happy Thursday! Yay. And then jar spells. I love jar spells. So this, like, was like, I yes. know. <laughs> I know. I went, I went to the store, because I have been just using white candles in place of bat black candles because white okay. are so universal. Right. But because I feel like there's so much releasing that I need to do, I yeah. actually went to the store and bought black candles. I bought four types of incense and 10 little black chime candles. And all I could think was like, I, I mean, I was at a metaphysical shop, so right. it's not like he's not used to that, but it's mostly a crystal shop with like a couple of metaphysical items. Mm-hmm. And I was like, how obvious two days before the full moon, somebody's coming in <laughs> to just buy black candles. And you're like, I know what's I happening here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
She's got some releasing of emotions hey, to do. Lots of releasing. So yeah, I thought that the full moon ritual was really great. It totally aligned with what I already um, have been thinking. But the the questions for reflecting are really helpful. Again, what's no longer working in my life? What shadow beliefs do I need to confront? What goals should I set right now? And just sort of like working through some journaling mm-hmm. in addition to doing the ritual. Yeah. And how did you feel about the jar spells? I like the jar spells because because there's not only like a sweetening, which is kind of what I've always been doing, like sweetening kind of jar spells, but also like a salt protection jar spell. And I've done like vinegar based jar protection spells before and like baneful magic jar spells before. I've done a few, but like salt, like as protection, because like I would, I'm going to use that because like. Whenever I move into my new place, I, that's why the first thing I usually do is like protection stuff. So I know. And I was thinking that I might make one of these today also to have in place before all the contractor stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. That'd be good. Like to protect against like unforeseen. Yes. Setbacks. And I do want to mention a part because I think this is really, really important to kind of mention. Um, one last thing they say. You may hear people talk about the law of attraction, the belief that your mindset creates your reality. Right. Um, while there are some people, like there's some truth to, to that. For example, saying that someone got cancer because they brought it on through negative thinking is not only wrong, it's also blaming the victim. And I thought that was a really yeah. poignant thing to say because so much in our practice online and we see so many things like that, like sort of, um, we, in Christianity, you'd call it like prosperity gospel would like, yeah. like and come like out. An American thing. Yeah. It's very, like very American thing. So I really appreciate them the prosperity gospel. like saying like, please keep common sense in mind yeah, and compassion exactly. and things like that. So I really appreciate exactly. that like specific focus on that. Right. Same. So did I. Yeah. Okay. So then she goes into the whole worldwide tarot for worldwide stuff. Yes. And this is where the um, hanged man being the year of 2019, because again, you add two Two plus plus one plus nine, you get 12. That's the hanged man. The affirmation for all of us is we honor and learn from the uncertainty, which is good to remember (laughs) because there's nothing but uncertainty. Yep. That's for sure. Yep. Uh, The negative, the shadow part of that is treason, giving up and unfair sacrifices. I think unfair sacrifices is something that we all understand. Um, so I thought that that was really interesting just to have like kind of a holistic card for the entire population for the year rather than just only for us. And the yearly prescriptive affirmations, she does say like you can use them in combination with your yearly. We kind of touched Mm -hmm. on that earlier. And so the two for me or the two for both of us, because we both got the lovers is we honor and learn from the uncertainty and my choices are based in love. Yeah. And I think that that's really beautiful yeah. in uncertain and troubling times to both remember that we can honor and learn from the uncertainty, but still be ourselves and make decisions based on compassion and support and love rather than like reactivity and fear. Yeah. Yeah. I loved, like, I was so surprised by how the affirmations and like the blending together kind of go so effortlessly. Like, I really, really just, it was very, very meaningful to look at, like, not only the birth year, but also the yearly and as well as the worldwide, because it's something that all of us are kind of going through together, whether we like it or not. So, yeah. And it's August, but I don't think it's too late for me to write it down on a card and put it in my space. I think it's perfect time. Yeah. Because we're starting to get to that burnout section of the year. Yep. And the journaling exercises for this is really interesting because she's basically like, look back at other times in history and calculate the year. And how, what happened in that year and how did the energy 
of that archetype impacted. Yeah. So I wonder if you could also cool. use this like shadow worky where something like happened specific like when I was sexually assaulted a few years ago if I looked at my card for that year and all the stuff that I went through as a result like if shadowy stuff from that could like help yeah bring stuff to the surface that I didn't realize I mean it probably think that that would help personally for you yeah and then also while we were talking about that I was also the first historical thing that popped into my head was the moon landing okay because I'm a big nerd and also (laughs) the 50th anniversary was recently but 1969 condenses down to the chariot. We are making progress, progress and moving oh, ahead. That's really interesting. Yeah. And the shadow of that is oppression, control issues and war. And think about what else is oh, happening in 1969. Oh my gosh. Oh, they- Isn't that crazy? That's so bananas. So it's true. And also the chariot and the moon landing, obviously that's like so like success moving forward all of those things but then for the shadow to be oppression that's Mm -hmm. like when the civil rights movement was like hitting its absolute peak there was a war in vietnam like that is so wild to think about that so spooky okay spooky spooky spooky. okay so that is great i really liked that section and then she goes into like being part of your community and how to be an ally there's a tarot exercise. that tarot exercise with ally is amazing like there's lots of tarot exercises for this section like around justice um like using the knights which i thought was really cool like as like protections and like where's that section we should talk about that it's oh i've got to flip a lot of pages because i know talking about how to run for office i I think it's Ritual. So the night exercise is basically, was it justice that you yeah. put? Well, it was like after the justice section, I thought. Or I didn't even highlight it. I'm stupid. Where did it go? I know. I really liked it. But now I'm like, where was that? Uh, Info justice. It's right. Oh, here it is. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like a whole entire like justice spell welcoming justice with the tarot night. Oh, right, right, right. Found it. Yeah. This was so, so there, this spreads about being an ally and like running for office, even all of that stuff is really cool. But the welcoming justice with tarot knights thing was really, really awesome. And that was actually, um, sourced from another reader named Carolyn Cushing. Mm -hmm. I thought it was so like, so cool. Do you want to walk us through it? Um, sure. There's lots of lots of text, so I'm gonna do my best. Okay. Uh, do you want go. me to do it since I'm using a paperback? Yes, please use paperback because I'm flipping through on my my e-reader and I'm just like, <laughs> it's a little bit harder. I have no idea. Okay. Doing so <laughs> just FYI on book for those listening and on book episodes, one of the reasons that I do so much talking is because Esther's trying to, catch to find up where we're at because e-reader. I'm the e-reader flipping like five pages to her one page and so exactly. <laughs> So in case you were concerned about that, it's, <laughs> they are replacing me next week, guys. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's why it's going on. <laughs> we could never replace you. Okay. So the idea for this is that the Knights and justice are linked because justice is essentially collective. So it's like, like we've talked about before, it comes up with laws. It comes up with institutions. There's a lot of like establishment stuff happening with justice. And so using justice, um, you would basically pull the justice card out and pull all the knights out. And um, there's like an invocation for justice, which I thought also thought was really cool because we yeah, usually like you, you think of like invoking gods and goddesses, but like invoking the spirit of An justice. Is yeah, I like cool. that. Yeah. Totally. So basically there's two ways you could do this. You could either self-select the knights or you can just randomly place them down. I think that I'd probably do the latter. Yeah, I would probably because do I like the idea of having some more direction from the cards for mm-hmm. it. 
So basically you, um, with, after invoking justice, you place all four knights in a line with the first card being your lead knight. So the lead knight is your guide to outer action. So the outer action is what you're doing outside of yourself. Um, like, so for example, oh, sorry, hold on. This is why I had to do it because it's also like on four different pages. <laughs> so outside channel watches the institution and gives them feedback, asking people to uphold justice and speaking loudly when justice is violated. Some examples would be the women's March calling legislators, supporting an, supporting an immigrant's rights group or being a journalist. And so depending on what card you chose, that could be emotionally you're doing that or by actions or financially mm-hmm. or, you know, intellectually or whatever. So the first night is the outer action. The second night is the partner to the first card. So it's supporting the action taking, meaning like if you had gotten the Knight of Pentacles for the outer action, it would be saying that you should contribute financially. Yeah. If you got your second knight as the uh, knight of cups, for example, it would be you should be supporting financially, but then also like being supportive in other ways too, like being there to be there. Yeah. Yeah. Essentially. Um, The third knight would represent what you do to support their justice efforts. So if you're working with an organization, third knight would be how you could support that organization without kind of like putting yourself in the center of it. Mm -hmm. And the fourth knight is the work that you lead to uh, leave to others. So this is kind of a way of creating boundaries and self-care of like, I can't both, I can't do all of those knight archetypes to support justice, but three of them and allowing one of them to be something that somebody, that somebody else can handle Mm -hmm. makes it that you're not putting yourself in a position where you can't do it sustainably forever because you're only doing three rather than all four. Right. So I thought that that was really, really neat. Yeah. And the structure, she says, use the structure as a support for meaning making, not a straitjacket. If odd but strongly intuitive ideas come up about taking actions for justice while you're looking at any of these cards, incorporate them into your planning. It was just so, like, so cool. I liked that. And then the like, book ends. Yeah, which is and then weird. it like I mean, abruptly I, ends. <laughs> I think that there could have been a little bit more of a conclusion, but then they go into resources, a bunch of different tarot yes. books, a bunch of really cool decks, including how many of these have we, we reviewed? Reviewed We've only modern reviewed tarot. Two of them. Let's see. I guess we've only really reviewed three of them. Well, and tarot decks, Crystal Unicorn tarot deck. Yeah, Crystal Unicorn, uh, Rider Waite Smith, and Wild Unknown. Yes. And then books on uh, magic. Let's yeah, see. and then she also has magic books and activism book. The mm-hmm. magic books, I have not read any of those. I have not either. I know high magic because that's Damien Eccles. So this is really helpful because yeah. a lot of this is it's like diverse stuff. Good that, resources. Well, I know for that us. we'll yeah. probably review um, the tarot books. We've done a couple of those. Yeah. Modern tarot is on here. Uh, Let's see. This book came out right at around the si- same time as Queering the Tarot, so it's not listed. But yes. they're by the same publisher. So I bet that they would have included that. <laughs> yes. And I feel like Tarot for Yourself, I know that we'll probably review it in September when the new edition's coming out. Yeah. Because yeah, that's, that's like true. a 20th that's... anniversary edition, I believe. So. And Mary Kay Greer is like, she uh, she co-wrote the Pamela Coleman Smith book that we reviewed months, months and ago, months like and months February, ago. February, right? And she's like a like goddess very, tarot. very established yes. tarot expert. Yes. 
So yeah, that's the book. Yeah. It does end just as abruptly as it felt to us. <laughs> but uh, also, yeah, this, this publisher, um, I was looking through their catalog of stuff and they have a lot of magical stuff. They're releasing a lot of like herbal magic, uh, seasonal herbal magic books in the next year. So mm-hmm. Wiser is doing an interesting job. Yeah. And for this, to, for the two tarot books for them to do this year, being Tarot for Troubled Times and Queering the Tarot, seems like there's a increased commitment to like niche tarot. Yeah. And like activism, because both of them are kind yeah. of like activism based, but also like not putting tarot in a box like we've kind of right. seen in the books totally. in the past. So I really like that perspective. I really like that too. Okay, so we still have additional uh, things to talk about an hour and a half into this, but it'll be fast because we've already talked about a lot of them. So do we have any other pros that we want to touch on that we haven't already said? Um... No, I just put A plus journaling exercises, questions, and spreads. Even the journaling yeah. questions can be used with tarot cards as positions. So that's what that was my A plus. Yeah, I agree. I have <laughs> journaling exercises and suggested readings. So good in all caps. <laughs> um, and yeah, I think overall just so 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 strong, but a little maybe a little bit less tarot than we expected. Yes. But also really good magical practices yes. so if that's something that you're interested in exploring, it's very holistic like in the approach like supportively foundationally it's really good just a little bit less tarot because like tarot for terrible times i would expect more tarot since tarot is yeah. the title but that's just but me. i do think that you're totally right about the journaling exercises all of those questions would also be good tarot questions yes. so yeah. you could make it more tarot centered if you wanted yes to. yes what are some cons that you found? Um, I think the first chapter's a little, like we kind of discussed, like the flow and the focus isn't there if you're not in that mindset. Are, yeah, totally. So I, I think, but you like, like I said, power through the first chapter, just understand that that's the or metaphor. Or just lean into the knapsack metaphor. <laughs> or just skip it all together. Like just whatever you feel like doing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> because it's, it's not really essential for the rest of the book, if it makes any sense. That's it's true, kind of just like, it's, it's, it's kind, kind of like a pathway map of what you're going to do. Yeah. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. All right. So my only con is that there was a, at the end, they're talking about a ritual where they consistently use the word smudge, but that's oh. lifted from somebody else's content. Okay. So it, I, that like stuck out as something right. like, oh my God, why are we still, still using appropriating that word. this word? Yeah. Just say smoke cleanse. Can you You're just like smudging. use a, like a SIC, like <laughs> yeah, smoke <exactly>. cleansing? <laughs> That would have been, that would have been better. I yeah. just like I understand that people have been using that, but they've been misappropriating that it for, for a really long time. Long time and so yeah. you would just think that now that it's kind of something people know that mm-hmm. like smudging is a specific ceremony that is part of a closed practice yep. amongst some like indigenous people that is so specific compared yeah. to what they're Adri- what we yeah, use using it, it for, for. Yeah. colloquially, not what we use it for yeah. colloquially, but what people use it for yeah. colloquially. Yeah. Yeah. Just say smoke cleansing. Yes. Anyway, so that was my main con is just because I didn't even mind the first chapter. I kind of yeah, liked know. it. <laughs> <laughs> She's woo woo people. I know. I am. That's true. I totally am. <laughs> All right. And so we are done then. Yeah. We were thinking about maybe doing a spread aloud, but I don't think we need to. Well, I think especially with the addition of Kylie next week and her wisdom, I think using the grief spread with her. That's true. Would probably be yeah. like a good continuation of the book and using that. So yeah. I'll let you, I'll say so, that for you all. For next oh, perfect. Week. So next week we'll be talking with our friend Kylie. Uh, she's the archivist witch on Instagram. If you want to check her out now, 
we'll be talking about grief, using tarot for grief. And then also, because both of us have this awesome Kickstarter deck that's about to have a re-release, we'll also be reviewing Earthbones Tarot, uh, which is beautiful and really unique. And uh, I think it's going to go up for pre-order for the second edition soon. I'll contact the creator before next week, so we'll have a definitive answer about that. And guess what time it is? What time is it, Holly? Patreon shout out time. If you're still with us, dear listeners, <laughs> you're struggling at the very end. You've waited the whole entire episode for this. It's hard with books because there's not like a super good time to break in to do something like this. But again, reminder, a lot of you who are already Patreon supporters have been doing a fantastic job of editing your pledges for our changeover that's yes. happening in just like two, two very short weeks. Yes. Um, to simplifying our Patreon to make it more accessible to people and um, a little bit less confusing. Yeah. But we, so those of you who are already supporting us have been doing a great job of editing your pledges. Basically, if you're at the $10 mark, $20 mark, or $25 mark, if you want to, we would appreciate it if you would change it to $5 a month or $15 a month because we're doing away with all of those intermediate levels yes. to make it a little bit more easy. Simplify, simplify, simplify. Exactly. So now we're going to pull cards for our newest Patreon supporters. What deck are you using? I'm still using Lunasol. Okay. Just want to check. What deck are you using? I'm going to use She-Wolf. Oh. Ah, ah. It's one of the only nine decks I kept out from moving the pack. Oh, yeah. Because you... Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Poor girl. We will have a whole shadow episode on the Patreon once this move is over for you. I can already tell. Yes. <laughs> All right, so Whitney, your card is Justice. Oh, very appropriate. And I know. Bailey, your card is the Hermit. Mm, we have two majors so far. I know. Aaron, your card is the King of Cups. And Ellen, your card is the Page of Pentacles. I love oh. Wow, these are some nice heavy balance. hitters. Yeah, I like it. All right, well, that's our show. Don't forget to email us your questions. We'll take live questions or questions about tarot. We've gotten such great responses from our Google form that's on our website that you can submit questions on, too. And you can find that at wildlytarot.com. And tell your friends about us and write and review us wherever you find us on your apps. It helps us grow and makes us extremely happy. So freaking happy. You can also follow us on Instagram at Wildly Tarot Podcast for pictures of the decks we're using in our Instagram stories and saved as stories. Or join our Facebook community by searching for Wildly Tarot Podcast on Facebook. Also, we post bonus content on Patreon each week. If you support us at the full level or how you can access all of it. Holly just posted an amazing moon minute about this stupid full moon that's been going on. So at least <laughs> join one month for that. So you can find us at patreon.com slash Wildly Tarot Podcast. And remember, go forth and tarot wildly. We love you. Yay, we love you. We're going to get through this full moon we together. Are. We can do it. We can do it. <laughs> uh.